we get two crowns. Why do we get a crown for 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 Nasa? I understand because Lamai Lumitam Vadas, it's something beyond intellect. So we get a crown on top of the head. Why should we get a crown for Nishma? Nishma's intellect. Nishma isn't on top of the head, Nishma is the head. So what's the what's the understanding in Chassidus? Why do we get also a second crown for saying Nishma that we will understand? Because the understanding of a Jew is also Lamai Lumitam Vadas. Because what are we trying to understand? We're not trying to come to us to an appreciation of truth based on what our Seichel thinks is true. We're using seichel to connect to a level beyond seichel, beyond intellect. So seichel, Jewish seichel, is also a crown, is also ultimately something connected to that which is beyond seichel. And that's what the Rebbe says here. So to our learning. Is the bitl to, is this state of nullification to, the bal harotzen, the one who has the will. Which is beyond simply being bottled to the will. In other words, there's a state of relationship with the Kaddish Baruch that you can say, well, okay, whatever Kaddish Baruch's Ratzon is, whatever Kaddish Baruch's will is, so I'll do that. Okay, so that's one state of Bittl, but there's a deeper state of Bittl, state of Bittl to the Abishta. Bala Ratzon. Then Mamela, whatever the Abishta wants, you'll do, but it's not because you're bottled to his Ratzon, you're bottled to him, right? which is a higher level, and that's the level that the Abishta ultimately asks, and that's the level that Chassidus talks about constantly. Right? <clears throat> Yidn aren't into mitzvahs. Yidn are into the Ebishter. The Ebishter likes mitzvahs, so we do mitzvahs. And if the Ebishter likes something else, so we do that. Whatever he wants. Happens to be, he likes mitzvahs. These things called mitzvahs, okay? So we do mitzvahs all day. We spend our day trying to look around for another mitzvah to do. Why? Because that's what he likes. The bitl zeh. This bitl ba mi etzim in the shama. That level of bitl, the bal harotzen, comes from Etzim and Neshama, which means the Rebbe says even our learning, which is the ultimate expression of intellect, which is an extremely powerful expression of self, because intellect, as, as amazing as it is, is also a very dangerous thing to the extent that it, it gives us an incredibly powerful experience of self, what I think and what I understand, etc., etc. But that also ultimately can be done and the, uh, the, the source of learning Torah is ultimately that incredible statement, Nasa Nishma. that also can be done with the bitl of Yechidosh HaBenefesh. What's that? There's an Eibishter, and what the Jew wants is to connect to the Eibishter. Neto, Zeo, that's what they want. That's all they're interested in. That's coming from Yechidosh HaBenefesh. And that's all B'Sholem. There's no opposition. Vagam, and even though the Indian of Mysterious Nefesh, and even though the level of Mysterious Nefesh and Mavurba Maimer, that's explained in the Maimer Anal, <coughs> the Balagaulo, <coughs> we're talking again, how can the, how can the, how can the, the situation of the Altar Rebbe and the Mittler Rebbe be a state of, of Padabashalam? They were in jail, there was tremendous opposition, there was tremendous Milchoma, no, but since they reached the state of, of the Bittl Mitzad Yechidish of Nefesh, so then they were calm. It's a different Aveda by, by Rav Nanus, but, but he, um, he once explained to us why he made it through Siberia. Why did he live? And uh, spent 20 years in Siberia and got out the other side alive, which most people didn't. He said over 90% of the students that he went to yeshiva with in Lubavitch, in in the city of Lubavitch, the town of Lubavitch, so more than 90% of them died in Stalin's camps. Right, okay, so we said, why did he make it? He said, well, he was calm. He said he was always calm and he could sleep at night. 
because he was calm, he could sleep at night. And since he got, they would give you five or six hours sleep. But what's the problem? People were so nervous, it was hard to sleep. He also wasn't so comfortable. You're on a board, but whatever. Not they got used to it. It was hard to sleep because because they would you just saw so many horrible things during the day that it was very hard to relax and actually go to sleep as opposed to toss and turn and see those things that you saw, and wonder when you were going to be next. And so what would happen is that someone would not sleep enough and over time they'd get exhausted and they'd go to work in the forest in the day and they'd fall down from exhaustion and they'd shoot them and leave them there. That was just life in Siberia. That's how they ended up killing 20 million people up there. So, so you see that every day and you know just it, it, so he before he went to Siberia so he saw the Frida Karebbe. He wasn't even arrested yet. He just, the Frida Gerber was leaving Russia. So he went to see the Frida Gerber before the Frida Gerber left Russia, and the rabbi told him that he's going to get out of Russia and get to Eretz Israel, which is a ridiculous thing to say to someone in 1932 or 1930. But okay, so that the rabbi told him that he's going to get out of Russia and get to Eretz Israel. So he said he was completely calm because he knew that he was going to get out of this. I mean, he wasn't going to die in Siberia because the rabbi told him he's going to get out of Russia and go to Eretz Israel. So he was calm. He knew that that's what was going to happen. And so he said, I could sleep at night. And since I slept at night, I could work during the day. And, that's, and then he got to Eretz Israel. <laughs> before, before, right before, after the Six-Day War. He got here when he got here. So they were building Shikun Chabad in Yerushalayim, down by Tar the apartments below Teres Hemis. So the Rebbe told them to build an apartment for Lazer Nanus on the ground floor because he's getting out of Russia soon. So they built an apartment and that's where he lived. Came with his wife. His wife passed away. And he lived uh, another. He lived here 30, 30 years. Got here at the age of 70 and he passed away. He got here in Chav Zion in the year, the year there was 67 war and he, he passed away in Tafshin Nun Zion. He was born in Tafresh Nun Zion. <coughs> Amazing guy, but he said that's what that's what kept him going. <coughs> that even though he was in a milchama, he was in a state of shalom. shalom. He knew that they that no that things were fine. They weren't going to get him. He wasn't going to die there, because the rabbi told him he's going to get there just well. The balagu'ulahu shenis batlu kol Mind in the Maimer, the, the serious nefesh of the the the, 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 the middle rabbi explains is that all of his desires were done away with other than desires to connect to the Ebishto, obviously. But to such an extent that everything was in a state of equality. Right? And we talked about Midasi Ishtavus by the Mittler Rebbe earlier in the Mimer, right? That the Rebbe talks about Shivisi Hashem Lenegdi I believe we talked about relative to Sarah, right? The difference between Sarah and Avra. That Sarah reached the level of Midasi Ishtavus, seeing Alukus equally at every event. That's why the Ebishto was surprised that she laughed. Yesh Leimar Shekol Adargesh The Mesiris Nefesh Emin Yenechot That all the levels This is a very subtle and, and, and difficult point That the Rebbe is about to make In the rest of this paragraph All the levels of Mesiris Nefesh Are ultimately one Meaning, even though we just said there's higher levels and lower levels of Messias Nefeshes, Messias Nefesh that comes from Yechidah Shebet Nefeshes, Messias Nefesh that can come from Chayah Shebet Nefeshes, even a certain level of Messias Nefesh that can come from the Shoma, that, that a person comes to intellectual understanding, and therefore they're intellectually aware of the fact that they have to do what God wants regardless of the circumstance. Okay. 
Valderecha, and I figured that out intellectually. Valderecha, Yadua, Binyana, Yira, just like Yira. Awe, fear. There's higher levels and lower levels. The Kevin, she Yira, he bitl. But what's Yira? Yira is the state of bitl. Shlila, Samitsias. The negation of one's own Metsias and focusing on a Kaddish Baruch's Metsias. Right? Now, obviously, the highest level <coughs> of Yira is a much higher level of bitl. Now, a lower level of year is a lower level of bitl. But what is, ultimately, what is the, the common denominator? Yira is sensitivity to God's existence, which by definition means I'm less sensitive to my own, because I'm sensitive to his. Right? So the simplest level of, of, of that will be expressed, and, and the lowest level of that will be expressed in, in not doing anything against the will of God, because I'm afraid of the yinish, I'm afraid of the punishment. But that, even that, as low a level as that is, is still a level in a Veda because I'm aware of a Kaddish Baruch who's present such that I know that he's watching everything I do and therefore I'm afraid of the consequence. As low as that level is on one hand, it's still a Veda. It's a level in a Veda. Below that's not even a level in a Veda. So by virtue of the fact, it's, it's, it, 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 the person driving on the highway and Waze tells them there's a cop, you know, the, the police reported, so everybody slows down. Why? They don't want a ticket. Okay. So they're not slowing down because of their incredible awe of the authorities. They're closing, they're slowing down because they're afraid of getting a ticket. Okay, so a person can relate to a Kaddish Baruch that way. But even that means they're sensitive to the fact that a Kurdish Baruch who is in their midst and watching what they're doing. As, you know, so that's something. That's the first level in Avedah. It's the lowest level, but it's a level. Below that is nothing. Okay, so that level is still a level of Shlilas and Metzias, meaning I'm, kind, I'm, I'm aware of a Kurdish Baruch and therefore less aware of self. Even though, interestingly enough, there's, a, there's obviously a certain state of self to the extent that I'm worried about the punishment. To who? Me. Still me. Right. So, I mean, that can be completely and totally this focus of my Aveda. Right? But that's not, I mean, that's you know, the ultimate in Shalai Lishma. Right? <clears throat> that's the, the best a non Jew can do. Right? Even though that's still a level in Aveda. When Mother Teresa was asked, she's a pretty amazing lady. I mean, you know, she did all this incredible stuff and seemingly selfless. Right? But you learn Tanya and you realize it can't be that. So what was it really? So she explained. Right? And then this isn't diminishing the fact that she did amazing stuff her whole life. Right? She, she, she explained that uh, they asked her, what is it that drove you to do all these good works? Well, she's Christian. What drives the Christian to do good works? Salvation. It's all about salvation. Whose? Mine. Is that bad? No. Is that where you're trying to get? No. <laughs> That's called Shalalishma in Yiddish guy. Does that mean she's a bad lady? She's not a bad lady at all. She did amazing stuff. She was, a, she was actually a very fascinating lady because they found some letters of her. She had a priest who was sort of her, you know, lavdo mashpia. She, she, no, it's very interesting. She, there's this whole correspondence that she, you know, she would have issues in spirituality and she would write them and they talk about it. She was a real person. She wasn't like this little robot. She was a real person who had, you know, a life. I mean, whatever. I mean, none. I don't know. 
what's a religious Catholic life? None. <laughs> but but okay, it's not what we do. I understand, but it's not. She was she was definitely a special. If everybody was like her, the world would be a better place. There's no doubt about that. She was a good person, definitely a good person who cared about other people. But it's very interesting. The whole thing was salvation. It was all about her salvation because that's the doctrine. That's what it's all about. Why? Well, because that without an evangelical kiss, that's what it's going to be about. With an evangelical kiss, it can be something else. Okay. So Yerusha'inish is better than that, but it's in that realm that I'm still somehow worrying about myself, but it does show a very serious and, and sophisticated appreciation of God's presence everywhere. And that itself is very, very important. Therefore, that negates my presence, my existence to a certain degree. L'chein, <coughs> therefore, the Rebbe says, kol should be achas. Therefore, all the different levels in Yira are ultimately one level. Hard to understand because the, the, the difference between Yira Tata and Yira Ilah is very great, right? And, and other Abba, we talked about it yesterday. Eilu told us Yitzchok, Avram, Avram, Yitzchok, right? The, the, the two levels are separated by two different levels of Avram. <coughs> but that being said, it's still Yira, it's still sensitivity to God's presence. Yira Miloshin Ri'ia, same letters as to see, to be sensitive. That's what Yira is based on. Yira isn't simply fear. As a matter of fact, the proper, the proper translation of Yira is awe, not fear. Pachad is fear. Yira is awe. Awestruck by God's presence. Okay. Even though there can be Yira, I'm afraid of the punishment. A higher level, I'm afraid of the chait. Afraid of the, the actual Veira itself. But much higher than that is afraid of doing anything that will, in any way, shape, or form, separate me from a Kodesh Baruch That's the highest level of year. Called the Arabashis. The author Rabbi talks about it right in the beginning of Tanya, very beginning. So to the Bittal of Messias Nefesh, we could say the same thing. That even though there's higher levels and lower levels of Messias Nefesh and Messias Nefesh that comes from a higher level of the soul, ultimately it's all the same to the extent that it's all Messias Nefesh, it's all the basic commitment to a Kaddish Baruch Hu, that this is the way it must be and there is no other, there is no other state. <coughs> the opposite is true. Kevin Shabbitl the Messias Nefesh. Since meaning, and that's what's the opposite, meaning uh, even more so in this context. Kevin shabbitl de Messias Nefesh, since this state of nullification that leads to, to, to leads to and is, is what Messias Nefesh is all about, whom it said, klolos vetzim and nefesh, ultimately it comes from the essence of the soul, who deloika bitl de yira, and not like the bitl of yira, because after all, what's yira? Shirak mida achas. Yira is the expression of one aspect of the personality of the soul. Gvuna. The soul has a personality, has ten different powers, right? Those powers express themselves in different ways. The power of Chesed expresses itself in love. The power of Gvuna expresses itself in Yira. The power of Chochma will be <coughs> more Shayach to the notion of love. The power of Bina will be more Shayach to the notion of Yira, fear, <coughs> even though that's intellect. But in emotion, Bina will be the, more the source of fear. Right? Even though obviously the love also has to come from that place, because Bina is the Be'er Sheva, the source of all Sheva Midas. 
Yelech Yaakov mi Be'er Sheva. Yaakov was Mamshich Elokus from Be'er Sheva, from Bina, Lecharona, down into Malchus, down into its revealed state in Elamaza. That's Yaakov's Aveda. That's why he goes to Golis, to reveal Elokus in Golis, even in Golis, even in Kharana. Okay, that's this week's Parsha. <coughs> the whole Parsha takes place outside of Eretz Yisrael. <coughs> it's the first Parsha of the Abbas that that's the case. Um, not the last, it's the first. Yira is, yira is an expression of a particular aspect of the soul's connection to a Kaddish Baruch. Mesir's Nefesh? Mesir's Nefesh is general. Mesir's Nefesh is a general state of complete and total connection to a Kaddish Baruch. That's, that's what Mesir's Nefesh is. So to that extent, the bitl of Mesir's Nefesh is much greater than the bitl of the bitl of Yira. And affects the general state of a person much more. I mean, it's possible for a person to have Yira without Ava, right? Two completely different events, right? Completely. Messir's Nefesh? Messir's Nefesh encompasses everything, right? So that's why the Rebbe says the Bittl is greater. Right? This notion of absolute unity of all different levels of the expression of this particular Aveda, so, but Mesiris Nefesh, who oid Yesu mi Asher be it's even greater in Mesiris Nefesh than in Yira. It's a very difficult point. This can be understood through a fleshly king. State of Bittl. What's the ultimate state of Bittl? When a person enters the army. Even though he hasn't yet actually done anything, he hasn't served yet, he hasn't done it, but he's a soldier. Valach has come of Kamishleya by Melchama. He definitely wasn't even yet in a Melchama. Who Maseris Atzmai Legamre. He gives himself over completely. And he goes out of becoming the Balabayas of himself. He's no longer in charge of himself. Someone else is in charge of him. His life isn't his life. Someone else's life. That's what a soldier is. Why the Rebbe always uses that muscle for, for, for what a Chosid is. Siva Sashem. Right? Rabbi talks about it, he uses that with, with young kids already. The Rabbi gets young kids into the idea of being a soldier in an army. Right? Why? So what's a soldier? A soldier understands very, very clearly that his life isn't about his inyanim. His life, whatever the inyanim of the king is, he's just, he's just the king's soldier. Whatever the king wants, the soldier does. Soldier doesn't make decisions with how to fight the battle, he doesn't make decisions where to go, he doesn't make decisions what he's having for breakfast, he doesn't, he just does what he's supposed to do. A state of absolute bittel. So too in a spiritual army. That I'm Yisrael are the soldiers of a Kaddish Baruch That the army of a Kaddish Baruch That that which every Jew has, Kabbalah's all. Commitment, like a soldier, to the cause like the well-known statement that the Frida Rebbe used to like to say, a Yid is a Kabbalah Solnik, that a Yid is someone with Kabbalah Sol, that's what a Yid is. <coughs> it's the nature of a Jew. And in this sense, he, he enters into Tzivah Hashem. 
right? But th- th- this can be emphasized more or less in a person's Aveda. I can emphasize about it. Everybody knows that the Yidin is Sivas Hashem. That's a Pasuk in Torah. The question is, how much do I emphasize that in their Aveda? I heard an amazing story. Uh, there was a gentleman in Pittsburgh. His name was Rabbi Pupko. He was a Rav in a shul in Pittsburgh. His son was a well-known teacher of Balei Tshuva here in Yerushalayim. Passed away last year. But uh, Rabbi Pupko was uh, Rabbi Pupko when he was young. He lived in Russia, and he was he and his brothers, his father, but but you know then the, the, the kids also were very close to the Chofetz Chaim. They knew the Chofetz Chaim very well. At one point, there was a town in Russia where the Rav left the town. He passed away. I don't know what happened. And this is the 30s in Russia. So they came. He, he was in the Chofetz Chaim's house when someone came to the Chofetz Chaim and asked the Chofetz Chaim, uh, he said, we, we need a new Rav, and we have two choices. There's a Lubavitcher, or there's a Litvish guy. You know, not, not a Lubavitcher, whatever he was. I, mean, I, I heard the story from a Lubavitcher, so he didn't, you know, it was a Lubavitcher and a non-Lubavitcher. That's, that's who, okay. The, the person I heard the story from heard it from Rabbi Pupko who saw it. He saw it happen. He heard the Chofetz Chaim say it. He was in the room when he was a young boy. So the Chofetz Chaim said to him, they, they needed a rub. And it wasn't a Lubavitch shul. It was a town. They needed a rub. And the guy who came to the Chofetz Chaim, obviously wasn't a Lubavitcher, because if, why would he go to the Chofetz Chaim? If he was a Lubavitcher, he'd go to the Rebbe. So um, the Chofetz Chaim said to him, all Jews are Tzivah Hashem, but the soldiers of the soldiers are Lubavitchers. Take him. The Chofetz Chaim in the 30s in Russia. It's a pretty amazing compliment. Right? But all Yidin are Tzivah Hashem. What's a Yid? A soldier in God's army. That's who we are. So what does a soldier think about? His own in Yon. Soldier's got his own plans, his own dreams. No. Soldier's a soldier in an army. He's got, he does what the soldier has to do. He's, all, he's got his whole plans about this and him. He's a soldier. And, 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 and it's amazing that the, the Rebbe has been, Baruch Hashem, successful in having that idea penetrate into the consciousness of his chassidim to the extent that he, the Rebbe Taka made an army. He's got an army of shulchim who are just out there. What are they doing? I, I, of course they're humans, and of course they have their own inyonim, right? But I mean, bottom line, what are they doing? They're shlishas. They're out there. The Rebbe's army. Conquering the world. Pashat. Unbelievable. Uh, is it perfect? Or is that perfect? People aren't perfect. Do they do amazing things? Unbelievable. It's Pashat unbelievable what goes on. Unbelievable. It's beyond belief. What... You know, and every year it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and you you know you stand in that picture and you just look around. You're like amazed at what you know, look look at what the web has done. <laughs> there isn't a corner in the world that doesn't have someone who's there trying to make sure that there's some Yiddishkeit, there's some God floating around in the place. It's just unbelievable, unbelievable. Tzivus Hashem, Bittul, Kabbalah Zolnik, Harayal Yedei Zeh Umeiser Etzatzmei Legamer Lelokus. By virtue of this, by virtue of entering into the army of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, he gives himself over completely to Elokus. This giving over, and in this giving over, since the Rebbe said that all the levels ultimately are connected to Yechida, it's, it's, it's connected to and it, it's a, it illuminates 
the Messias Nefesh Mitzad Yechidish Bedargachi is the highest level. Even though it might be that it's it, 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 on some conscious level he's more aware of other sources of this ability to be such a soldier. Ultimately, where is it coming from? It's coming from the essence of his being. And then it can all be done b'sholim. Then he's, 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 not, he's, he's, he's not worried. He, gets, he just does what has to be done. Calmly. has a certain state of midasi ishtavus that Mitle Rebbe talks about. Now to finish the Maimon. Ba'al pi hanal yesh Based on this, we can also explain Gam Hadi Isa, what it says in the Yerushalmi. Tam Yerushalmi, it says, Ala Pasak Pata Bisholom Nafshi, Kiberabi Mihayu Imadi, which is part of the Pasak, we didn't talk about it at all. Tikayal Anshe of Sholem. It says it's talking about Anshe of Sholem, right? Dov Melech's son. She's Palu Lishlemi Sholdavit, that they were, they davened for the peace of David, even though what were they doing? They're fighting him. The Lachora Harimavur explained earlier Leil the Pedia B'Shalim. The Pedia B'Shalim is Betara Dafka. We said that in a way the Pedia B'Shalim is Betara. Oh well, okay. We said it, but in Eishches, what did the Rebbe start explaining to us that really even the Melchama is Pedia B'Shalim. There's a part of B'Shalim even in the Melchama, and that would mean in a way even in davening. And so interesting enough, what does the what does the Yerushalmi say? That there's an expression of Pada B'Shalom in Davin. Anche of Shalom, Davining for David. They're not, they're not learning David Amalek's Torahs. They're Davining for David Amalek's well-being. The Lechurah, we said earlier, the Pada B'Pidiyah B'Shalom, U'Betera Davka, Mashen, Kain, Tfilo, Yibaderech, Melchama. When we discussed it, it's in learning and Davining. Utfilosim shall anche of Shalom and the tfila of anche uh, of the people of Avshalom, Haisa Benegela Milchama, Milchamas of Shalom is relative to the war of Avshalom. It's all war, davening and war, and a real physical war. So where's the part of Shalom? The, the, the beginning of the Maimon, we said the part of Shalom is Torah. Valderich Zeh, in this way, Tsarach Lahavin Bakeshelagula Diotes Kislev, Imaposak Pata Bishalom. Also, what does the Alter Rebbe say explicitly about Yotes Kislev? He says, He writes this. He wrote it in Igor Sakedish. When I was reading Sefer Tehillim, what was he reading? Pada B'Shalem. He's reading the, uh, the capital of Pada B'Shalem. Nun Aleph. Nun Hey. Din Yonah Shel Amiris Tehillim. That the Indian of of Amiras Tehillim, Afal Pisha Sefer Tehillim, who Michav Dalit Svarim the Tanakh Torah. That even though the the book of Tehillim is one of the twenty four books of Tanakh, which is Torah, but what's what's Tehillim? Tefilo, he's davening. Wait, Pada B'Shalom, he should be learning. They should have come in the door the minute in in the middle of learning, because that's Pada B'Shalom. In the middle of davening, that's Milchoma. Where's the Pada B'Shalom? But uh, after all, after all, what we just explained in Chetz, we understand. And the Rebbe is going to say, The Zmiris, the songs. The Zmiris Shayachim Latfila, that's relevant to Tfila, Davening. Ubefrat, particularly, Alpiyo Yedua. Based on that which is known, we see Puri Rabbeseinu Nesiyenu, but from the stories of the Rebbeim, Shebegulis Admar Azokin, 
that the Geul of the Alter Rebbe Ba came al Yedeya Tfilesh the Talmidah v'Chasidah. Also came through the davening, the, the tremendous prayers of his of his students and his chassidim, and all those who walk in his ways. This it came through tefillah, but but I don't understand. We said earlier in the Maimon, a time of davening is a time of battle, and we talked about it at great length. The difference between Torah and tefillah, and yet the whole story of Yitzchak Kislev. And the Rebbe's focusing now on your test because the, the author Rebbe writes about it explicitly, but we know that's also the case with, with uh, the Mittler Rebbe on Yud Kislev next Sunday. So, so all of it was, was tefillah, so, and, and an incredible battle against opposing forces. Where in the world is there part of B'Sholem in all this? Uh, 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 prayer. And Karabu says fight. Yeah, Karav is a battle. Right? And the worst kind of battle. A krav is hand-to-hand. It's the most powerful expression of war. There's war where you're far away, and then there's war where you're right next to the guy. Today, very rarely are you right next to the guy. <coughs> it's obviously much harder when you're right next to the guy. First of all, he's right there, and also, if you win, you see it. That's much more difficult. Because you see him dead, which is not so easy to see. Baba midas apasik padabasholim. This all came through the saying of the, of the Pasuk Pada B'Sholem. What's the Sholem? But, but based on what we just said, so now we can explain it. We can explain this. <coughs> the cave and She'esek V'mitzvahs. That since our learning of Torah and mitzvahs, as the Rebbe explained to us yesterday, who inyin mesiris nefesh mamish, is an inyin in mesiris nefesh, giving up of our own rotzoin, getting out of ourselves, like as explained earlier, we saw it yesterday from Tanya. Lochin, therefore, gam tfilak shurim pada b'shalom tfilah is also part of this. Why? Because tfilah is also an expression of mysterious nefesh. And therefore, what? It's also a connection to yechidah shebenefesh. We talked about this earlier, but this is one of the ways to make tfilah an expression of sholem. It's just imagine that what are your lips doing? Your lips are simply expressing the desires of your nefesh elokis. Ah, your nefesh abamis is in the middle beside her, but that's where the battle happens. It gets your nefesh abamis to move aside enough to allow your lips to simply express <coughs> the words you're saying. Who wants to say those words? Your nefesh elokis. So the Rebbe once said to focus on the fact and meditate on the fact as you're saying the words that my nefesh elokis is saying these words. And Nevesh Elokis is dominant. Then it's then it's but then it's b'sholem. Because inside the Nevesh Elokis is not a milchama. The Nevesh Ba'amis is a milchama. V'yesh leim yishadarab. Inyan mesiris nefesh u betfila yosemi betera. The notion of mesiris nefesh is even greater in tefila than in tara. Adarab. What's the rutzen of the Nevesh Bahamis? It has to give up its rutzen to be into itself and actually express its love for a Kaddish Baruch. Tremendous Messiris Nefesh for the Nevesh Bahamis. Kizesh Eisekateru Messiris Nefesh Mamish. That which, when a person's involved in Torah, it's a state of Messiris Nefesh. Like we, again, we saw this yesterday that all mitzvahs are Messiris Nefesh. Hadehergish Zeh. This sensitivity that uh, uh, the Messiris Nefesh. Of the mysterious nefesh, tzarich When should that be? Kaidim she'aska lulmaid. All right. We talked about this also earlier in the Maimer. 
Before he, before he begins to learn, what should he say? Tell himself, what is he about to do? He's about to reach a state of unity with the Kaddish Baruch that's beyond any unity possible in Elam Even mitzvahs. Okay. Before he opens up the Gemara, remind yourself what it means. Okay, but then what? Then he learns, then he's learning, and it's an incredibly powerful expression of his own intellect. Right? Very, very powerful. Okay, therefore, the Rebbe says, and when he learns a number of hours straight, he should think about it every hour. Right? Okay. The Alter Rebbe says it in Tanya. So remind yourself of the fifth parak in Tanya every now and then. We talked about this earlier. Okay. Fine. But when that, that, but he stops learning for a minute, reminds himself of that, which itself is a, a, not a learning, but it's not the sugis in. And then goes back to the Gemara. So he'll never forget what it means to sit and learn Gemara, sit and learn a page of Gemara, sit and learn Torah, because what it's what it's doing is connecting him to the Ratzon and the Chacham of Hakadosh Baruch in a way that's beyond any other connection possible. So that his thought and the Abishur's thought become one. What's the Abishur thinking? The Abishur is thinking that the Sharash of Kedushay Kesef is a pasuk in Chumash. Right? The Sharash of Kedushay Shtar is a Pasuk in Chumash, Yotzav Ahaisu. Whatever it happens to be. That's what the Abishur's thinking. So what if I think that? So then my thought and the Abishur's thought are one thought. It's an amazing thing. Okay. So a person reminds himself of that before he learns Torah. And in the middle, he'll stop learning for a minute and remind himself. Aval Be'esa Limud. At the time of learning, Kishu Eisek Bavonas Vasogas. Inyan uh, Shalemid, uh, when he's involved in trying to understand this idea, he can't start thinking about that. He's got to think about the sugya. Ain't a margisha bittel the mesiris nefesh. He doesn't feel the bittel of mesiris nefesh. He's very, very powerfully aware of his, the existence of his own seichel. I'm trying to understand this. Well, that's the avoda right now to get your seichel to understand this. It's a very powerful experience of your own self. Doesn't have to be in a negative way, but it's a very powerful experience. Okay, that's why every now and then you have to stop and remind yourself, whoa, 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 this is all about the Abishta. It's not about my cycle, it's about the Abishta. <coughs> we said earlier, when we were talking about it earlier in the Mimer, the, the, the Rebbe Shab wrote a whole a whole kuntras explaining how to make sure that when you learn Nigla, you don't push yourself farther away from God by being impressed by your own understanding. I made it to Rabbi Cohen's shir. I must be really something. By the time you make it to Rabbi Cohen's shir, you're supposed to be really nothing. Nothing in a good way, not nothing in a bad way. Not nothing, you're nothing. No, you're such a something, you became a nothing. But, uh, you know, an amazing nothing. Okay. Meaning, what do I mean? That, that's, a, that's a lot to ask. But, <coughs> meaning, the, hopefully the more Torah I understand, the more I realize how big God is, not how big I am. Okay, so I might have to remind myself of that every now and then when I'm learning Torah because it's very powerfully me trying to figure out the Torah. And then all of a sudden, oh, and you know, the guys who give the high fives when they get it. Right? We did it. Okay, good, that's good. Baruch Hashem. But wait a minute, what, what's going on here? What's this about? Me getting it? Or is it about the Abishter being revealed? It's about the Abishter being revealed. Look, I just happen to be the vehicle to do that. How do I do that? I'm doing that through this amazing thing called Learning Tower, which he lets me do. <coughs> and he made it in this incredible thing that I'm mamish one with him when I do it. 
Okay, I have to remind myself of that. In the time of learning Torah, I'm not aware of that. And I'm not, as a matter of fact, I'm not even supposed to be thinking of it. What am I supposed to be thinking about? Pshad and the sugya. <laughs> I have to be focused on Pshad and the sugya. Say there's a number of times when you don't think about God. When you're learning Torah, of course you're thinking about God. Well, no, but no, you have to realize, hold on, I have to try to figure this out. Okay. Now the time is when someone asks for tzedaka. Don't say God will help you. No, you help him. There's no God. <laughs> it's just you. There is a God, obviously. But at that moment, there's no God. There's you. Reach into your pocket and take out your wallet and help him. Don't say God will help you. You help him. Right? When you're learning Torah, you have to understand the sugya. That's the way it goes. Right? Might you get help from above? I assume we get help all the time. But we have to figure it out. So that's the Rebbe says. Amazing thing. It's the Rebbe saying it. When he's involved in trying to understand the thing he's learning, he doesn't feel the bitl of the He's aware of his own intellect, trying to understand something. The opposite is true. Man malke right? Who are the kings? The Rabbanan, meaning it elevates a person to a higher level, to, to a greater state. In terms of who he is, not in a negative way, obviously, in a positive way, but if Chos V'Shom could be negative. And it's the Torah that's bubbling, boiling in him. He's focused on the Torah and trying to understand the Torah. It's all he's thinking about. What's, what's, what's bothering Rashi? Why is Rashi saying, what's this extra line in Rashi about? What does he want from this extra line? Everything was fine. And then Rashi puts one extra line at the end of Rashi. He said, what, what does he want from this line? Everything was fine. Something's bothering him, and I don't get it. Okay, so he spends 20 minutes, half an hour, breaking his head, trying to figure it out. That's all he's thinking about. He's thinking about Bittal and Messias Nefesh. He's not thinking about Bittal and Messias Nefesh. He's trying to understand a Rashi and a, and a page of Gemara, trying to understand why, why, how Rava learned that halacha from that Pasuk in the Gemara, whatever it happens to be. Oh, when he's in the midst of tefillah, what's his focus? Bittal. Tzarech liyez ka'av He has to be like a servant in front of his master. Tachli is a bittal. Bittal de mezir is never. Tefillah is bittal. That's why it's so hard. That's, that you were, we're back to where we started, but in, what, what, he and I sent us. Since tefillah is such an incredible encounter with the Nevesh is so it's a constant state of bittal. Right? It's the, the, the Aveda is the bittal. Whereas in learning, the Aveda is to understand. Use your intellect to understand something. I, every now and then, remind yourself that this is all about the Abishta and not about you. Okay, I've said it, but when you're learning it, what's it about? Your seichel, understanding this Torah. That's what it's about. What's feel about? How big God is. Neto. Ah, you're the vehicle doing that? Beseder, but that means I have to get out of the way. In Torah, I'm in the way. It's all about my seichel. In a good way. It's the mitzvah. Our pikol and our base and everything we said, Yuvan, we understand there, Shadafkal Yedeya Veda Atta, specifically through our Veda now. Bazman de Ikvisa de Mashiach, in the time of the on the heels of Mashiach, Kashara Khishikasa Aretz. 
that when the darkness covers the land, we're coming to the revelations of the future redemption, specifically in this time, that we have to involve ourselves with the sparks of Kedusha, that fell to a place that's not so pure, and we have to transform bitterness to sweetness, and darkness to light. To such an extent, sometimes we go out from the from the realm of Torah. Not to do it a very chazushami. We leave a place of kedusha, a place of Torah. a place of davening. Lot says to leave me basic nesa basic medrash. We leave the shul, we leave the 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 zal. Ubeloshin the shochan aruch haneg ben minak derek eretz. We have to go out and deal with worldly matters. Mikol mokim. Nevertheless, al yedeya veda achshav through our veda now dafka mevim es agula sida. We bring the gula. The az yikuya mashakosov. Then it will be fulfilled that which is written vatem and you tilukotu. You'll be gathered in at leechod echod one by one. Why one by one? Because Jews are scattered all over the place when Mashiach comes. And it might take someone going out there and getting one here and one here and one here. One at a time. Kol echad v'echad misrael v'kol Yisrael. Every single Jew and all of the Jews. V'kaspam v'zavam itam. And their silver and their gold with them. Im kol nitzutzeh with all the sparks of holiness ashayochim lem that are relevant to them. V'gamanim tsoim v'kaspam v'zavam kipshutam. And they're found in their silver and their gold in the simplest way. That's the Aveda of this generation. Shlichus, shlichus out there. Lefish about Aveda zubes In this Aveda, Yeshnei inyan mesiris nevesh betachlis. This is the ultimate expression of mesiris nevesh that a person is willing to give up his Yiddishkeit for someone else's Yiddishkeit. He's willing to make his Yiddishkeit harder to do in order to make someone else aware of the beauty of Yiddishkeit. So he might. I mean, many shluchim who. And the Rebbe talked, it's amazing, lately, because of Kinnus Shluchim, it's always this time of year, and all the little WhatsApp groups that send out Sikhs uh, of the Rebbe, little, you know, two-minute tidbits of uh, little pieces of this. So the Rebbe talks, Sikh after Sikh, about the Yid who went somewhere where there's no minion, he hasn't davened in a minion for who knows how long. Right. And yet, what? What's he doing? He's trying to get other yidden to put on tefillin and eat some kosher food and uh, they, they, they hear Kiddush Friday night and come to a Seder and hear the Shafer. So he's doing and what does that mean for him? He doesn't have a minion. Right? Most days. Or any day. Shluchim out there, don't, don't, they never dab with the minion. When do they dab with the minion? They dab with the minion or Shani Yom Kippur in their Chabad house. Right? And they dab with the minion when they come to 770. <laughs> or they go visit their parents, wherever their parents live. Right? They dab with the minion. So the Rebbe says, you're not long. It was amazing. Sikha, just you heard it last week. Someone put it up on one of the, you know, one of the two-minute Rebbe daily things. Right? The Rebbe's talking about, you know how long it takes that Jew to get together all ten kachis and nefesh, all ten powers of his soul, so he can daven with all ten powers of his soul, so he has a minion. There's no one else in the room. Maybe his kids are making noise. Right? Okay. And his kids' education, he doesn't just send his kids off to a school down the block, okay? He waits outside with them on a bus and puts them on a bus. They go to school. My pito, there's no school. 
Right? Well, they actually have to, 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 to educate their own children and then get their children. These now on the online schools so at a certain age to get the kids to sit down in the house in front of a computer and do school online and they do homework. It's not, it's, this is not easy stuff. Okay, why are they doing this? That's what the Abishter wants done. Right? How do they know? That's what the Rebbe wants done and the Rebbe knows what the Abishter wants. They trust the Rebbe to know what the Abishter wants. That's what the Rebbe wants. That's what they do. It's called a soldier. It's an amazing thing. Amazing thing. <coughs> Guys who go to, you know, the, the, the most challenging place in the world to possibly put a Jewish soul, they're willing to put their whole family right in the middle of a college campus. I mean, what, it's like, you know, unbelievable. It goes on in those places. They'll take their whole family, plop them down in the middle of a college campus and say, okay, I'm here to help whatever Jew needs help, wants help, and the ones who don't want, I'll find them, I'll give them anyway, whatever, I'll do whatever I can do. And sometimes they're in the middle of a city where there's actually some Yiddishkeit down the block, sometimes they're in the middle of nowhere where there's no Yiddishkeit anywhere, it's just a push in a desert. Right? <coughs> They'll do it anyway, why? That's the evade of this generation, that's Messir's Nebuchadnezzar's what are they giving up? They're Yiddishkeit. Not their, not their Gashmias. I mean, sometimes their Gashmias is actually quite nice. Very often in the places, not, not always, but very often. <coughs> you know, not in the middle of Boston, right? But I mean, most places where there's college campuses, so you can get a pretty big house for a fairly reasonable price. Why? Well, it's in the middle of nowhere. Right? Lawrence, Kansas. I mean, so, I mean, who wants to live in Lawrence, Kansas? So you can get a nice big place. And you have a house for your family and a house for the Chabad house. And okay, so in Gashmias, not so bad. Ruchmias, oh gosh! Imagine spending your life in Lawrence, Kansas, or whatever it's called. Is that where the University of Kansas is? Lawrence, Kansas. I was there once. Oh, it's okay. Oh my gosh! And then you're, you're just you know, what are you doing? You're just helping other people all day long. Actually, there you have it pretty good, right? Because you're only 40 minutes away from a town, and so you in the morning you drive your kids 40 minutes into Kansas City, Missouri, drop them off at a Jewish school, let them go to a Jewish school, which isn't a Lebanese school, but it's Jewish. Right? Drop them off at a Jewish school, and then you go back in the afternoon, drive 40 minutes to go get them. Right? So you're driving uh, three hours every day, so your kids can have a Jewish education. In addition to doing everything you're doing with all the kids on campus, but I mean it's not a problem because when you're driving your kids in the morning, the kids on campus are fast asleep, right? so that's not a problem. Right? And you probably get to pick up your kids before rush hour. Probably, I don't know how it works, but you're driving 40 minutes in and 40 minutes out twice a day. Why? So your kids will have a Jewish education. <laughs> Well, why don't you just live somewhere where your kids can have a Jewish education? Why don't you move to Kansas City, that bastion of Jewish life? Well, relative to Lawrence, Kansas, it is. Okay, why not? Well, because there's Jews in Lawrence, Kansas. Who's going to take care of them if you live in Kansas City? That's what the Rebbe got everybody to understand, <laughs> which is pretty amazing. <coughs> it's called Messiah's Nefesh. <coughs> what are they giving up? Yiddishkeit. They're giving up their own Yiddishkeit. For what? For someone else's Yiddishkeit. And that's their Yiddishkeit. As is known, the Alter Rebbe's Torah, as explained at length, 
in the Maimar, but the Friedrich Rebbe. Now the Rebbe says what Armistice is never shears. Very amazing. The Rebbe says this in a number of Maimar, different places. Alapasid ve'ish meisha anav ma'ed mikol adam, asher al penei adam, adama. Meisha Rabbeinu was a great, was the greatest, the most humble person who was ever on the face of the earth. <coughs> this humility of Meisha, how is it expressed most? Shanova de Meisha, what humbled Meisha more than anything? Meisha emis v'terasa emis? Meisha's truth and his terror is true? Haisa b'myuchad? was specifically Bekesha Ladada de Ikvis of the Mashiach was specifically relative to our generation. Bir Oisas and Messiris Nefesh when he saw our Messiris Nefesh, our generation. What generation humbles Mesha? Mesha looks at our generation and goes, I can't, these people are unbelievable. It's explained, I mean, when Mashpiyam talk about it, so they explain it in different ways. One of the ways is, and not to say it in a negative way, to say it in a positive way. They don't feel anything. And they're busy doing what the Ebishter wants. They're incredible. I, earlier generations, had unbelievable revelations of godliness. Right? Even the generations 100 years ago, we hear about them. They're the people whose sensitivity to godliness was so much greater than ours. They didn't have to put up with all the guys. I mean, you know, in Poland, 150 years ago, exactly what tithes could you have in Elam Haza in Poland 150 years ago? What tithes were there? One. Bread and butter. Bread, right, exactly. I mean, the one taiva, if you read the books, it's very interesting. The one taiva that was there that was the same as now, the only taiva was liquor. That's not the only taiva in Elam Haza that a person could have. Like, there, there, was, there was liquor. Other than that, what was there? You have this, you know, like this taiva to go, you know, hang out on a beach for two weeks. What beach? You're in Poland. Right? Right? You have a taiva for, you know, those things called women. They're Polish. <laughs> right? I mean, what exactly, what taiva, what, what, right? So what, exactly what taivas, they had taivas, of course they had taivas, they were people just like us, right? But what exactly were they dealing with? As opposed to you, what are you dealing with? Every single person in this room, one way or the other, could figure out if they wanted to, it might, some people would be the easiest thing in the world, they'd take their credit card and they'd swipe it and they'd be there in five hours, the other person would have to figure out, you have to borrow some money and drain. Every single person in this room, if you wanted to, you could be on some beach in some sun-drenched island in the middle of nowhere in 15 hours. No problem. In some hotel on the beach where, you know, you'd sit and sip pina coladas on the beach all day. If you wanted to, if that's what you wanted to do, you could figure it out. Extra, you could figure that out. Okay, you have to borrow money. Some people just, you know, take the credit card. Dad's credit card, your credit card, whoever's credit card, what difference does it make, right? Where are you? You go online, you get your ticket, you get your rental car, you're on your way, you take one of the guys from Yeshiva, come on, come on, no, I want to sit and learn. No, come on, no, I want to learn. No, come on. Finally, you dray this guy a cup because you like him so much, you want to take him out of Zal and have him, you know, keep you company on your little journey. He'll be your dog. You'll walk him along the beach. So, fine, and then, and then uh, you end up, who knows where? Fishhook Bay. She's really out down there. Oh no, Fishhook Bay. I got him. You're back. Fishhook Bay. You ever been to Fishhook Bay? No, you're from Joburg. There's nowhere in Joburg. Okay. Cape Town. Beautiful, amazing. How long? How far is Cape Town away? Go online. You have a ticket on Ethiopian Airlines. Five hundred and fifty dollars. You're in Cape Town in about ten hours. 
What's the big deal? That's Elamaze for us. <laughs> it's like wild. Okay. Pesher <laughs> Bainer looks at our generation and says, these people are just incredible. Look at them keeping Torah and mitzvahs and learning and davening and tzoyim. Unbelievable. Right? They feel anything? They feel sushi. They know what sushi is. They're still doing it. And worse, this is what the Rebbe mentions, very interesting what the Rebbe says, and what's the Iker Messias Nefesh of our generation? Don't be, don't be embarrassed by the scorners. That the Rebbe says over and over is the Iker Messias Nefesh of our generation. There's all these people who, who have no appreciation whatsoever for godliness, spirituality, holiness. Trample it, step on it, say things about it. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be moved by it. You're in an airport and you have to daven mincha. Why should you be embarrassed to daven mincha? The other people should be embarrassed that they're not praying to God. Why should you be embarrassed? Because you are praying to God. Especially a bunch of people who are about to go up in a metal tube 35,000 feet in the air traveling 500 miles an hour. Why in the world are they not davening? What's wrong with them? They're sitting there stuffing themselves with some disgusting airport, airport restaurant food, right? And you're over there in, the, you're over there in the, you know, the quietest gate you could find, davening, davening chakras. You're embarrassed? Why should you be embarrassed? You're doing the right thing. You're doing what God wants. These people, they should be embarrassed. They're not. Okay, but say, are they bad people? They're not bad people. They don't know anything. No one ever told them anything. So they're doing whatever they're doing. Some of them are Jewish. Some of them aren't. Who knows? You should be embarrassed about davening. You might be dumb. You should be proud as can be. You don't have to daven in the middle of the moving sidewalk so everybody has to step around you. That's, you don't have to do that. You want to daven somewhere quietly so you can concentrate. But why? Embarrassed? You might be dumb. Other of them should be unbelievably proud that you're showing people that, that there's people who believe in God and daven. You have to daven on a plane, it's a pain, davening on a plane. It's just an absolute pain. But on the other hand, Baruch Hashem, you're showing people there's people who believe in God and, and, and pray to Him. <clears throat> I made some Arab woman so unbelievable. I don't know if she's Arab, she's a Muslim woman. She was so unbelievably excited. She was sitting across the aisle from me and I had to daven. Where was I going? Oh, it's coming, yeah, it was, it was coming back from Australia. You have to daven about the, the seven times on every plane. I mean, so I was going to or from, I don't remember. It was Turkish Airlines. From, from Either from Thailand back to Turkey or from Turkey to Singapore. I don't know which way, way I was going. And, and so I had to daven. I had a perfect seat for daven. It was a great seat. I was in the aisle and there was a big empty space right next to me. So I sat down for what I could sit down for. I stood up for what I stood up for. And blah, blah. It was fed. Great. And it was completely covered. The seat next to me was empty. So I could put my talisman fill in there. And I, it was perfect. Like being in shul. Okay. And I finished davening and I went back to my seat. And this woman has a smile ear to ear. Like, wow, someone's praying to God on the plane. This is so cool. She was Muslim. She was religious. I don't know whether Muslim women pray. Muslim men pray. I don't know whether Muslim women pray. I wanted to ask her, but I didn't want to get into a discussion with a woman on it. But I was, I was interested. I was, I was thinking, like, what, does she daven? I mean, what, how it works. They daven five times a day. <clears throat> Based on a medrash that they have. What's their med? I mean, they copied everything from us, right? So what's their medrash? No, no. 
There's a medrash that says that the, the prophet went up. He sees Moshe Rabbeinu, and he's going up to talk to God and say, you know, about davening. Moshe says, where are you, where are you off to? I'm off to, da- to talk to God about davening. Okay. Comes back down. So God told me he has to daven 50 times a day. This is what their so-called medrash says. It's called Edith. Right? So, so uh, Moshe says, 50 times a day? So you can't daven 50 times a day. Go back up. You, can, you, have, to get, you have to work a better deal. So, uh, so he goes up and he comes out. It's five. Moshe says, fine. That's good. Mr. Abramowitz said that uh, <coughs> Muhammad wanted to see how much the Jews prayed, so the day they yeah. went to observe them it was Yom Kippur, oh, yeah. which we have five uh, Okay, okay. <laughs> look, this metrics didn't happen, uh, right? I mean, they make it right. all up. It's all made <laughs> up, but they, I guess once he went to Shul and saw his daven on Yom Kippur, so then, then he decided, okay, five times a day, and then they made up this metrics. <laughs> it's all made up. The whole thing is just made up, but, uh, you know, they, they, made, they looked at us, and they, they made up a religion. Okay, let's finish the Mariam. We have three more lines. Vazel may write. So what's what's our aveda? What's our what's our aveda? All these bashmina maligim. Don't be embarrassed about your Yiddishkeit. Vazel may be lekiyam ayeud v'yasvu anavim abavai simcha. And this brings to the fulfillment of the amazing idea. It's a pasuk in Yeshayahu. Amazing mimer of a kuntras of the Mitla Rebbe, and they will add the humble ones in a shem simcha. Simchas Eilam al Reisham, the joy, uh, ultimate joy on their heads. Simchas, Simchas a Geula, the Simcha of a Geula, Mitis Veshleim of the true and complete redemption of Bab Miyuchad, that comes specifically Aydeya Fatsas and Mayanas Chutzah by spreading the wellsprings outwards. Uba Eifin shall Nigalim Miyad in a way in which they're redeemed immediately. Uba Eifin the Pad the and it should be an Indian of Pad the what does that mean? Blishum tircha without any problems, without any troubles. It should happen peacefully. Adshi yakuyim ayeyot until it will be ex- <coughs> fulfilled. The statement. And another pasuk in Yeshayahu later on. Vahayu malochim umnayich v'saraseim menikaisayich, and the kings will be your tradesmen, and their ministers will be the ones who clean. Ve'aviu es kol achechem. And all of your brothers will bring an offering to Hashem in a, you know, in a pure vessel that should all happen soon. In these last days of Golis, and then afterwards immediately in a complete way, in an actual way, in the complete and whole redemption that will come through Mashiach. Amen. Okay. So we're ready for tests. Yud, Yud tests. Chazer the mimer. Don't let it disappear from your head. We'll start a new mimer tomorrow morning.